Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, Toronto writer and commentator. Twice a week, I offer my take on the world, from craven politics and unchecked ambition to secret sauces, bitter loss, and fist-pumping redemption. The stories to live by. Quirky, high-style, tear-jerking, funny ha-ha, sometimes funny peculiar. My tales don't walk down the sidewalk and browse in the windows. They sneak into alleyways and come out onto different worlds. Alex Brown narrates each mini-podcast to bring to your ears what you see with your eyes in my twice-a-week blogs. And now, today's episode of Ramsey Writes. Do you feel lucky? Written by Bob Ramsey. Successful people, in particular, are more unaware of the influence of chance on their success. Robert Frank said that back in 2016 in his classic of contrarian economics, Success and Luck, Good Fortune and the Myth of Meritocracy. Not only does he claim that successful people nearly always underestimate the role of luck in their success, but that this misreading of reality hurts us all. Think back on your own life. I'm assuming you're smart and you work hard. As Harry Truman said, I'm a great believer in luck, and the harder I work, the more I have of it. He certainly did. The Kansas City haberdasher became America's 33rd president. But you also know plenty of smart, hardworking people who don't succeed, either by their standards or the world's. Nearly everyone who gets into law school is smart and needs to work hard. But lots of lawyers fail. What about concert pianists, Olympic athletes, actors, and writers? The more crowded the field, the more luck enters into it. The difference between a gold medal and finishing out of the medals can be one one one-hundredth of a second. Is that skill or luck? Frank also notes that the biggest factor by far in personal success is to be born in an industrialized country with strong social systems, including robust public health care and strong public universities. As we're painfully learning in the past year, being born white and rich into a stable family is the best luck of all. Yet why do so many people born on third base think they've hit a home run? Maybe because they're smart and they work hard. Attributing their success to chance or fate doesn't make them feel as in control of things. Few questions divide conservatives and liberals more than this. Yes, people who amass great fortunes are almost always smart and hardworking. But Jeff Bezos also went to Princeton, Bill Gates to Harvard, Mark Zuckerberg, Harvard, and Elon Musk, the University of Pennsylvania, after two years at Queen's in Kingston. I wonder, though, which one raised their hands to increase their taxes, to help fix America's crumbling infrastructure, fight poverty, and reduce global warming. Surely, having roads that are pothole-free will help Amazon deliveries arrive sooner. As Frank says, the very rich, and by definition, the very lucky, are reluctant to support the kind of public investments without which everyone becomes less likely to succeed. His book argues strongly for a progressive consumption tax on our most successful citizens, with the proceeds supporting the very public investments that most of us are unwilling to acknowledge have helped put us in a position to succeed in the first place. So I urge you to look into your own past and see where luck was a lady. I've been lucky in love, 
In fact, I just wrote a book about it. But let me tell you a story of how my wife Jean created luck for someone else. It was 2015, and we were bicycling from Bangkok, Thailand to Angkor Wat, Cambodia. We used Thai guides in Thailand, but once we crossed the border, they were replaced with a young Cambodian man by the name of Cham. We got to know him as we biked through the mountains and across the rice paddies on our way to Angkor Wat and the largest religious structure in the world. Cham was in his early 20s, very skilled as a bicyclist and a guide and fluent in self-taught English. Many in his family had been slaughtered in the killing fields. When we got to Angkor Wat, we said goodbye. But it seems Cham also worked at the American restaurant with his girlfriend and suggested we go there for dinner that night. That afternoon, Jean had downloaded her emails from Days on the Road, and she was not happy. There were at least half a dozen appeals for donations from her patients, who had entered the Ride to Conquer Cancer and needed to raise $5,000 from family and friends and doctors. But it was the final appeal from a wealthy patient whose tone was insistent in asking Jean to be sure to get her donation in within the next 12 hours so that he could make his minimum. On our walk to dinner, Jean turned to me and said, I'm not going to give him that money. He doesn't need it. What I really want to do is give some money to Cham. He needs it. Luckily, the restaurant was a couple of miles away, so we kept walking and talking. Jean added up how much she donated over the past year to patients. It was a couple of thousand dollars. So she said, Why don't I just take a break for a year and give what I give to them to Cham instead? We arrived at dinner and there was Cham and his girlfriend. We asked her to order us whatever she thought we'd like. The place was small and outdoors, and when we arrived, we also met her mother, who was not well and was lying on a couch in the back room. Still, she roused to greet us warmly. In the middle of our wonderful meal, Jean told Cham what she planned to do, to give him a set amount of money each month for a year. He was surprised, of course, and he started to cry. Then he said something I'll never forget. I can now do something I've never done before. I can plan. Right. He can plan. We knew he would and that he'd work like hell to succeed in running that bike shop he wanted to open. We knew he wasn't preying on naive Western tourists. We'd had 10 days to get to know him. So, during 2015, Cham became Jean's charity of choice. We kept in touch at Christmas over the next few years, and then on March 10th, 2017, I got an email from him that began. I arrived in America last week. He'd met and married a Cambodian woman whose parents had immigrated to America, and now, well, you know the rest of the story. Cham and his wife are now living in Los Angeles, where he owns a bicycle repair shop. You can say what you will about America, about colonialism, about white privilege, but this is a story about luck. If Jean's wealthy patient hadn't just annoyed the hell out of her, if we weren't having dinner that night, if the walk there was short and not long enough for Jean to hatch an idea, if, if, if. All of our lives are filled with thousands of decisions that can take us one way or the other. So let's please not deny one of the most powerful factors in how we travel its road. 
luck. Today's Ramsey Writes was read by Alex Brown. For more information on Bob Ramsey, his work, and all the other things he does besides writing, go to ramseyinc.com. That's R-A-M-S-A-Y-I-N-C dot com.